You're listening to the A Scully Cast, brought to you by www.ascully.com. And here are your hosts, A Scully and Sid Talk. So, Sid Talk, um, we were absent last week. And we uh, I had several emails and Twitter messages saying, Is there no podcast this week? Oh, good. I mean, not good that there were emails asking, but good that people were asking. And I had to reply that um, <laughs> you were, you went off doing something, so we uh, didn't have a podcast. You want me to tell them what I well, did? Well, there again, it was also my fault because I didn't let everybody know that there wasn't a podcast because I completely forgot. These people count on you. <laughs> um, and pardon me if you hear this. I've had a cold. I don't know if you heard that. It's clickety-clack in my mouth because I have a cough drop. I have a cold. I've had it now for five days almost. You are on the third day, so you're a little bit better shape than me. I may cough. I may clear my throat <coughs> periodically, and you might hear clickety-clack in my mouth. And that is, trust me, that will help me not cough as much. But anyway, there was no podcast. No podcast. You want me to tell them why? True. Briefly? Yes. I went to a... Okay, when I grew up, I moved, lived in like three different little towns, and one of the towns I lived in in my formative years, so that's kind of my hometown. They have a town fair every year, as a lot of small towns do. And this year, one of my many cousins asked if I would donate a piece of artwork, because she knows I like to do artwork. Now, I immediately said, sure. And then I realized, I'm going to have to do this. Now, these are small towns, it's a rural area, and people are actually pretty open-minded more than, I don't know, than I would expect. Oh, that sounds like a terrible thing to say, but it's not what everyone tries to make you think, that everyone in a rural area is like, you know, artwork, you know, culture, no, it's not like that. It's your mixture, same as in the city. But, so I thought, well, I'll do one of my weird ink drawings that's kind of nothing but like curly swirly, and then I was like, no, 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 you know, I haven't painted very much in my life. Because I'm afraid of it. Afraid of painting. It's scary. You gotta mix colors and know about colors. and It's not as easy to control as a perfect black line on a piece of smooth paper, which is what I love. Control freak. I decided to screw it. So I had an old picture of a gas station that used to be in the town. Very iconic. It's a big, bright, bold, blue and white building. And it was right on this one corner. And it was just, to me, as my in my childhood, very iconic of that town. It's since fallen in and they've torn it all away. And I thought, well, I'll just do that. So I painted that with a couple of, like, 1950s vehicles, the fronts of them, because I was terrified of painting vehicles and having people go, I don't look like a Ford or that don't look like a Chevy. A couple people said that, but not in a nice way. So I spent my three days there working on the painting. And then the another thing I'm terrified of is people watching me do anything. I don't like people looking at my fat back or my fat butt from behind. It's just the way I am. Anyone who disagrees with that, well, they're going to be a liar because you don't want people staring at your back. All- I don't anyway. Even when you come in the room, when I've been making, doing something, I stop, don't I? I don't know if you've noticed, but I kind of like, I stop and I'll chat with you. And I'm just thinking like, when he leaves, I can get started again. I think that's why you always <laughs> wanted your desk in here. You wanted to be your back to the wall. Yeah, that's I hate having you, my back to the wall. You never told room. me that was the reason. Though. Yeah, I hate people staring at my back. I've always been the person who sat in the back of a room. I went to class early if I could. I go to work early if I can. So I can always be the person with my back to the wall. I'm sure there's some sort of psychosis involved. (laughs) But that's just the way it is. This time I was like, you know what? I'm not done with the painting. They're giving it away at 10 o'clock on Saturday night. It's Saturday morning. I mean, they have to stay here at my mom's all day and paint it with no one looking at it. And buy. It was for a drawing. Like you buy tickets and then you can win. A bunch of different prizes, and it was one of many prizes. So that has to be there for people to see it, because a lot of older people are going to be like, oh, it's that particular gas station, and they have all kinds of stories about it. So I just sucked it up. I faced my fears. I put on my best fat hiding shirt that I could think of. (laughs) This is how a mind works sometimes. I took the the canvas is like 27 by 48 inches, so it's big. And uh, I took my easel, which is big, and my paints, and I just painted there all day in front of everybody and it was amazing hey and what happened what happened to the painting it was won by the preacher's wife the preacher who happened to marry us when we got married so many years ago and but during the day there's another short tangent of the story my father and i have not always 
seen eye to eye. We've barely had any communication for the last like 16 years. Probably not two words said between us. Pretty neutral at this stage of my life. I'm 47, so I'm kind of at that stage, right? He came up while I was painting and he said, Now by God, this is how my dad talks. I'm not kidding. Now by God, whoever wins that, you tell them I'll give them $100 or whatever. Whatever they want, I'll give it to them. I really like that. That's a good one. I said, well, I can paint you anything you want anytime. Nope, nope. I really like that one. And then he walked away. <laughs> so that's kind of how we communicate. He also bought $50 worth of tickets so he could win. He didn't win. But the painting was won. It was donated to the museum. And now the museum is going to have a meeting whether they're going to give it to my father. So that's very nice. Nice. So that was my, that's what I did last weekend. So I'm sorry you didn't have a podcast, but I was very involved. True. <laughs> So it is Saturday, September the 19th, and this is after the show number 393. The movie we're looking at this week, because we do review movies here, we don't, we're not just a painting show, and the movie we're going to review <laughs> is... listening to me talk show. Cinderella, and it's a 2015 movie. It's actually released on the 15th of September, so you can pick it up now. <clears throat> it's rated PG, and it's from our friends at Disney, and Sid Talk, this is a funny one, the synopsis of Cinderella. Does anybody not know that? Side note, when your name is Cindy, what do you reckon people call you a lot? Cinderella. Correct. Cinderella, Cinderella, all, right, all so, my life. So the synopsis of Cinderella, we all know. <laughs> and this movie is no different, which we will get to. So it's Cinderella. Yeah. Let me, I'll give you the synopsis. Live action version. No, let me give you the synopsis, shall I? A beautiful, perfect young lady is treated like shit by her stepmother, Poor little Cinderella has to work her little fingers to the bone. And the only thing that can save her and bring her out of this drudgery is that she accidentally meets a rich and powerful prince who will become king. And then they will live happily ever after. I hate to spoil it for you, but that is Gla my synopsis. You missed the glass slipper, Pop. No, the glass slipper is just a hook. The, the story is that every cook. young girl who is beautiful and perfect... All she needs is a rich guy to come along and save her. All right, so let's get into the movie review of Cinderella. So this is Disney's live-action version of Cinderella. They've obviously made versions of Cinderella over the years, including the very famous animated version from years and years and years ago that we all know. In fact, that's probably how everybody, most people, were introduced to Cinderella through that movie, not through the book. Hmm. Maybe. Maybe you was read the storybook by your mother or whatever, but that movie is very I don't think I saw that movie as an adult. Well, yeah. I probably saw it on I Sunday. I saw it as a kid um, on TV. Disney yeah. movies, yeah. yeah. Maybe. I don't know. So, yeah, we're mostly have been introduced by Disney to Cinderella. Um, I so had a book, and it was the same drawings as the movie. Right. So when I did see the movie, it was just the same. And as we know, the the actual story of Cinderella, the fairy tale, is 2,000 years old. So it is a, well, it comes from various cultures. Yeah, and there's different versions of it, but the version that we mostly know is the Disney version. So humans have always thought that if you're a poor, innocent little girl with a drudgery life, that a powerful man can come along and save you. So Heartwarming. So this is the... <laughs> Disney have been doing live-action versions of their animated films. It started with Maleficent... Now this one. Oh, they've done others along. Ella Enchanted was one. They've done live action versions along the along the line. But they've started now. They're doing the Jungle Book next year. There's there's a bunch of them in production. So Cinderella, Kenneth Branagh has directed it. Um, Ella Enchanted is what's her face, isn't it? Anne Hathaway. Yes, that's one of my yeah. favorites. It's really good, and it's a. It's different. It's a, it that's is why it, I like that it. is a retelling, like a modern tr twist on it, but. Cinderella, this version of Cinderella, is a live-action, straight-up retelling <laughs> of Cinderella. They try to add a little bit of whatever makes her supposed to be so stronger. Let, but... let me tell you what I think of it, right? Because it's definitely not a movie aimed at my target demographic of 46-year-old man. It is not for me. Side note, you're a 46-year-old man with a very romantic heart. Right. So you're kind of in the target zone, but just on the very fringe. But watching this movie, I kept thinking... I actually thought I actually was watching certain scenes and thinking of it from a young girl's point of view. Of would they would would they you know would this be a heroine for them or like how would they feel during this scene? Would it make them excited? You know, I was trying to think differently about the movie while I was watching it. I was a girl. Are you asking me? Um, 
What did you come? What conclusion did you come to? And I'll tell you how I mean, wrong you were. <laughs> I was thinking of a different. I was thinking of like the kind of girl it would be aimed at, and how they. And I was like, you know, when we watch Frozen, and you know for a fact those two princesses in Frozen that little girls just want to be them, and they want they want to dress like they just want you know little girls. They just love it. They watch it a thousand times. Now, I was feeling, well, there's going to be girls who this also does that for. But maybe not as much. Yeah. But I enjoyed this overall. Let me, the positives for me first. The set design and the costuming in this movie are some of the best I've seen. And I'm, and this isn't a serious movie but or anything like that. You know, it's a, it's a fairy tale. But I've seen serious costume movies where the costumes are not as good as this movie. And it's very detailed. It's good on Blu-ray because you see all these intricate looking, like everything's, you know, when you watch Project Runway, which mm-hmm. you do watch, and they show you a sketch of, they've sketched up something. Everything, I could see kind of those concept sketches in my mind every time somebody walked onto the screen with this, the dress that Cinderella wears, it just looks like, you know, she's running. Mm-hmm. It's almost animated or something. It just looks really, wow, they spent a lot of money doing that dress. Or the glass slippers in this, obviously, they just look amazing. Uh, the Wicked Stepmother's costumes were always fantastic <coughs> from, the, from the beginning to the end. So I loved the costuming. It's, it's just fantastic looking. The uh, All the guards, they have different outfits when they're on the horses. They have different mm-hmm. outfits when they're marching. It's just so deep, uh, you know, in terms of design. The other thing I really liked was where it was set. I don't know where it was, England or, or what, but it just looked... There, There is CG elements to this film, but I didn't feel like there was tons of it. Oh, I feel like it was all the time. You felt like the background A were... lot of it. I did, anyway. Yeah. yeah, I didn't. I mean, yes, there's some magical stuff, which is obviously... But some of it isn't, where I was like, wow, that isn't, and that is. But... In terms of the locations, it all looked really cool to me. Um, the story itself and the way... It, this is Kenneth Branagh's directed it. So I was kind of expecting a, a serious kind of tone to it. Because he is a little bit serious. And it doesn't really have that. It's pretty saccharine and... Like... Obviously aimed younger, it feels to me. Children. It feels... Because it's a bit too children-ish for adults to even consume. Like, I was watching it going, yeah, I'm, I feel like I'm reading a little, like a kid's book. Like, it's really, the dialogue's not very good. Like, the dialogue right at the very beginning, when when Ella was a child. Ugh. And the mum and dad talking to her and stuff. It was all very, uh, I was like, wow, this is not even trying. It's, it's like just... they were on a stage doing a play of Cinderella. An yeah. old-fashioned pantomime play. And I understand that's what it was going for. And the worst thing Cinderella has to ever do is, like, tie a boot and clean up the fireplace. Yeah, and... it's very... It's an odd... Now, I I liked it in general. It gives you an overall good feeling of some kind, like uh, like that Disney magic, what they talk about, is in it. Definitely, I think. Um, but it's not... Obviously, I'm not going to go, yeah, I'm going to go and watch this six times. It isn't that kind of film for me. But I do appreciate how it was made. And what Kenneth Branagh seems to bring to it, which is some interesting characters and good casting. I like I like the casting here as well. We'll go on to the cast later, but there's some really good casting. Um, people who I don't really know, I've seen the faces, but then I'm like, wow, they're actually pretty good. You know, there's not a lot to sink your teeth into it as an <laughs> no. actor. But, you know, somebody like Helena Bonham Carter can have a lot of fun in a part like this, which she always does in her roles anyway. But... Yeah, but she's so minimal. That was so disappointing. But, um, yeah, she was kind of like Johnny Depp in Into the Woods. It was just, like... Yeah, like, like nothing. Johnny Depp's really creepy in Into the Woods, I was just thinking. He's <laughs> Into all... the Woods is another good one, yeah. yeah I mean, it was good, but... but Johnny Depp's really creepy mixed. in that. Yeah? It's kind of creepy. Was that um, the idea? Mm, got yeah. my little girl. It's just weird, like, it's really weird. going to eat a little girl. Yeah. I don't know how much more creepy you can get. So, this movie's... <sighs> On one on one side of the thing, we all know the story of Cinderella. There's nothing I can spoil because he does tell it straight up. When you said like, and he even says, "Oh, we try and fill in the story and give people more." 
I didn't actually 100% get that because they didn't really. I mean, there was a little bit of politicking that was yep. extra about the king of this place. And, the, you know, they were like... What they tried to do was give Cinderella some sort of um, intellectual choice to make. A sacrifice of her own self to elevate her from being the damsel in distress. Yeah, they did do that. That's that doesn't out. work, in my opinion. No, and there's a little, there's more, there's this politicking thing about who the prince should yeah. marry and like power struggles within the, the and kingdom. The stepmother and, explains her pain, but you can kind of gather that anyway. So yeah, so they, they do try and fill in some backstory, but it is, it is so shallow. It's not, it's just. Then you think of something like Maleficent that completely fills yeah, in. Yeah, tells the backstory. The whole of, of it. Yeah. Yeah, which I think w- Maleficent's actually really good. Like it worked as a as a thing. Like it's like yes, there is um, <laughs> what's the what's the uh, the sleeping the Sleeping Beauty, the animated Sleeping Beauty, and then there's Maleficent. <laughs> they exist separately. They're part of the same thing, yet they tell a different story. I like that. All that you know, it's the same story, but different it's different way of telling. Yeah, this just pretty much does what the cartoon does. In a live-action version, and I don't think there's any much difference, really. It's the same thing. If you watch them back to back, you'd be like, "Wow, it's just, it's just, you know." There's not much of an elaboration on that story in this live-action version that they're saying they're trying to do. It's not, don't really exist. No. Um, so when he did say that, Kenneth Branagh and the and the writer, I was like, "Wow." So I said they're too close to it. They don't see that they didn't change. I'm, I'm, and I'm like, yeah, okay. If I really pick, I can say, yeah, that obviously is not in the original cartoon, and that isn't. But it's so minimal. It, like, it took you five minutes to think up. It's it's not really. But as far as the telling of Cinderella, the story, it functions on that part. I think it isn't bad. It's well made. Very well made. It looks the. Really looks the part, and like you know, the CG, the the coach sequence, I really enjoyed. I thought it was like imaginative and interesting looking, and you know, some of those CG mice look a bit dodgy, Ugh. but but that actual, I thought a lot of that looked really the bad. transformation of I just liked the way it was. It was like interesting when she was when she was inside the mm-hmm. coach, but it was turning back into and there's the seeds of the pumpkin. Yeah, yeah. It, there was just a lot of thought put into it. So I really love that. I love this, and that is pretty much the only CG sequence in the movie. Just it's just this. I think there's loads of CG. I mean, as in like a, you know, a big showpiece moment kind of thing. Is this one the coach ride? Rest of it is uh, you know straight up live action. But yeah, as me as not a target demographic, I enjoyed it, but it's fairly forgettable for me. But I I attribute that to me being a man who's forty six. You had to think of it while watching it through a little girl's eyes, which is very difficult for a man. You know? I was actually thinking of it that way to try and get more entertainment out of it. <clears throat> and I was a little girl. So, yeah, you're... It, and you're, I was a chubby little girl. Chubby, blonde little girl. Who, I think I've always been cynical. Because <laughs> even as a young girl, people made it very clear to me. Well, you're getting fat. You got... Big butt. I mean, people say that shit to you, including brothers. I have a brother and kids and whoever. You are not part of the other. You're not part of the Cinderella group. You're not going to meet a handsome prince. You're not going to meet somebody who comes along and sweeps you off your feet and you... That's it. Like like that kind of a story. And I've always been aware of it. So whenever I see it, I think it's almost like if I were to show this to my seven-year-old daughter, if I had one... I would immediately want her to watch, like, Kill Bill <laughs> right after it, or or Alien, or something where, you know, there are women in the world who are... Don't, don't show your children Kill Bill and Alien. <laughs> Please, don't listen to this lady. Well, I'm saying it's my child. <laughs> if it's my child, I can show her, and I can sit with her and watch it, and take a couple of little eyes for this sword part, but I'm going to explain to you about how Kill Bill, how the bride works, and her motivation, and as a woman, and... Alien, I've got to explain to you how Ripley's whole thing is. She's not... Her character doesn't exist in order for a man to come along and... Or anybody else to come along and save her. She has to be resourceful in and of herself. She has to find a way to survive and get by on her own. Don't you Then, if you're on equal footing 
with whoever comes along and can possibly balance you out or help you more than you've already helped yourself, then that's fine. But you cannot have a story anymore where the young damsel in distress is just that. She is, she is over, down over here. She is not equal in any way. She has no power of her own. She cannot, she is nothing. And so someone comes along and is like, ta-da, oh, I'm in love with you because you're beautiful. He knows nothing about her, except that she says that one thing, be courageous and be kind. Fair enough, but you still don't know her. Because she's beautiful, he falls in love with her. And because he's beautiful, she falls in love with him. And then, da-da-da. Now, that's no fault of the movie. No. Because the movie is magnificent to look at, except for some of that CGI. It is a fairy tale. I get it. But we evolve intellectually, don't we? Academically as people. And we understand now, if I were to show that story or tell that story to a young girl, I want, or a young boy, imagine the pressure of boys being taught, you are 100% responsible for saving all these idiot girls because they can't take care of themselves. Now, other people are going to say, oh, you take it too seriously and my daughters love it. Well, that's cool. That's fine. I'm not you. And I can see a place for that too, yeah. Well, no, I think it needs to be balanced. You can't feed your daughter the idea that she's nothing but a pretty girl. And if what if your daughter's in a wheelchair and her body is not a perfect shape of a perfect girl, like a Disney girl or a Barbie doll? She's in a wheelchair. She doesn't have a leg. She's Maybe she has dwarfism of some kind. Maybe she's been hurt in an accident. Maybe she... Where does she feel like she can fit in? And I'm not saying every story has to tell everybody's story. Because that's impossible. But for us to continue to tell the same story exactly the same way only serves one purpose. To just tell that story that way. And that doesn't seem very... It doesn't seem functional to me anymore. Like, but it isn't a fairy, like a fairy tale, tale like a fairy tale? Like it's not really going to... Yeah, but why know, should my something... fairy tale involve me not watching someone who represents anything to do with me? That is not me. I have well, fantasized myself as being a pretty blonde, well, perfect let's, girl. Let's say it's not your fairy tale. It's just a fairy tale. I know, but I'm. You're trying to tell a story where I can. I he even said it. Kenneth Brown says everyone identifies with this story. Bullshit. Not I mean, we I, identify with the story of just you know. How about a story where you've been treated like shit by your stepmother and your stepsisters, and you alone figure out how to pull yourself up out of it? Which that you don't she, need. She didn't do anything. She. We don't see her surviving on her own, being successful on her own, anything. She didn't move out to a hut and build her own thing and grow her own garden and and grow her own chickens. She was always under their thumb, and now she comes along and she's in a castle because the prince has saved her whole life. And that's all it takes, really, is to show that a person can be self-sufficient and find another human, the handsome prince. Who balances, who, who like adds to your life, not scoops you up in this fantasy. I think the fantasy should be that a person is able to thrive on their own and find somebody who loves them based yeah, on who well, they are. Well, that's more of a, a message. Um, she has a shitty life and eventually finds love and her life is better. Forgetting the financial. She doesn't find love. A guy looks at her and, said, and decides that she's beautiful and says that he's in love with her. That's not finding love. Well, she is also in love back. It's not like a one-sided I know, based thing. on looking at each other. There was nothing else. Well, it's not a like a story. connection that people have, like a love connection, right? That's, I don't that's what in they that. Were, that. When they're going round on the horse, that was what they were trying to do, a moment of, we just looked at each other and we fell in love. Like. I don't believe in that, so. Right, but that's... I know, another fantasy is what I'm saying. Bring it a little bit of, like, mix it up. I love fantasy. Don't get me wrong. I love science fiction. I love fairy tales. I love it. I do. I think it's... You can inspire people to want to do something. But what is she being... What is she inspiring anyone to do? What is she as a character when he says we identify with her? Yes, everyone can identify with being treated like shit. And he, they portray that pretty good. I mean, they don't go too overboard because... Because it's a kid's film. Exactly. You don't want to have her being beaten and stuff. <laughs> she just basically has some soot on her face and she has to get their food. And, and she's teased They a bit. talk very... Nat- yeah. yeah, they tease her a little bit. And everyone identifies with that 100%. I totally get it. And they portrayed that as gently as they could and still make you go like, ugh. Like, 
Okay. But I want to see a person who doesn't stand for it. And I understand that not everybody's like that. But why don't we have anybody who's like that? Why don't we have a Cinderella who just turns around and the instant that they treat her badly... Kills finds them all with her, a sword. No, finds her <laughs> own way. And doesn't need a fairy godmother to come and give her a beautiful dress. And doesn't need a Prince Charming. But at the end of it, she can find her way to those things if that's... You know, I think if you teach your daughter or sons, that's that's your pinnacle of fantasy. Then reality can really suck in comparison, right? So, like, I don't know why we can't balance it out. As it is, it tells the story. You're right; it tells that story very well. Yeah, if you if you're but looking it's the for 21st century, if you're looking for a live action retelling of Cinderella from the version that the Disney cartoon came from. This is what this is. You're going to get that. Exactly. I mean, Disney can't claim that that's how they tell their stories because they made Maleficent, right? It was different. Well, no. The, 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 what I mean is the, I, the brief behind this movie was we want a straight up telling of Cinderella. Not messed with. Just How do we know what the brief was? Well, I, re- I read it many times in the production of it. That we're going to make a, ver- a, a version of Cinderella that See, what I think that means is that the producers and the line producers and the people in the boardrooms, that there are personalities in those rooms with their wide open eyes and their inner turmoils where this fantasy is valid to them. And I think it should be balanced out. I mean, Disney do uh, experiment in different... Mm-hmm. But they and they do make... Very... Yeah, I don't think it's a Disney... Not, it's not a Disney knock I'm doing. I'm t- saying that in this story... You could have used less time to th- pretend you're telling the story of the family in the beginning, which is a little nauseating, and add a little bit more to the stepmother and a little bit more to Cinderella finding, figuring out a way to not be the poor little victim all the time. You know, you teach people that that's, that, oh, poor you, everyone's so mean to you all the time. And now it's going to require someone else to come along and, and, and make your life better for you. No, you know. You make your own life better. So it's, it's an interesting movie, and it's not something I thought I'd ever say, but like <coughs> a Disney movie directed by uh, Kenneth Branagh of Cinderella. I never thought I'd say that, and but that's what we got. Um, and it's what I was expecting was something more. You know, Kenneth Branagh made Hamlet, which was like a fantastic film version of Hamlet. It's very serious. It's really good. Yeah, but he's super theatrical, remember? He's super yeah. theatrical. But what I expected almost from this was a Kenneth Branagh super serious take on Cinderella. Um, not altered, in, not altered, but like a, just a... Ser- and it's not serious and it's not funny. Like, this this movie doesn't have either. It, it's, it doesn't really have any, like, funny stuff. It's trying to be funny. The lizard thing and the mice. Really, really mice. But it's really lame. I'm going to say yeah. that it's really lame. The lizard people don't need to be lizard people. The mice don't need to have any personalities whatsoever. If you're not going to make them talk, don't give them personalities. That's my that's my rule for a Disney movie. So, if your animals are not going to sit there and chit-chat with your Cinderella, then don't make it almost like they can, but they're not. Just like... So it comes across like... Um, <clears throat> like it, Like it's not trying to be funny and it's not trying to be serious. It's right in the middle. And it's just trying to tell us under the Cinderella story. With not many bells and whistles to it. Just what it is. And that, to me, comes across just a little bit vanilla. Like, it's just... Yeah, like, when you think about the... The first thing I ever saw from this movie was the glass slipper. Yeah, it was a really cool and teaser. And then you thought... Teaser, yeah, Ooh. With this Ooh. really kind of sinister music. So that could be... Oh, yeah, yeah. And then... And that was all the teaser was. It panned up the glass slipper and it yep. said Cinderella coming fall or whatever. And there's and nothing like, to back that up. No, I mean, the glass <laughs> slipper is in it. Yeah, obviously. no, but I mean, there's nothing to back up that, oh, no. like feeling. No, it just comes across as a straight up telling of Cinderella. It's not good. It's not bad. It's, you know, you could sit your kids down in front of it and probably get some enjoyment from it. And maybe you will. One of the things that bug me is that if you were talking about telling the story straight up, they don't. Because they want to deflect 
the anger we're supposed to feel for the stepmother. Now we're supposed to have this forgiveness bullshit for her. And instead we're pointing it at this dude who now is the bad guy, which I don't think is reasonable either. That just because I mean, some yeah. guy decide, you know, they, they're trying to add that character and the make duke. him the, the jerk instead of focusing on her being the jerk. Cause we want to now make her a sympathetic character. Well, do like with Maleficent, you, you are annoyed with her and she does, she's a shitty things. And then you fill in the gaps and you figure out kind of why. Or the same as um, Into the Woods. I mean, the evil witch lady, you, you get a background, you fill in the gaps. You can still be mad at her because she's wicked. <laughs> and yet you can have some compassion for her, you know, as a creature with issues. And then this one, they just copped out and said, well, let's make sure that this evil stepmother doesn't turn out to be like the bad guy. And let's make him the focus of like, eh. Because she says, I forgive you, which I think is always a little lame, but... Yeah. So but it's uh, a cop-out in a story to end a whole horrible situation between two people with that. With no discussion and no... But no what you're watching is... You know, it's, not, it's not going... You know. right, but you have to have a balance. I keep saying balance. I don't need a big, long scenes of discussion and woman power or anything. I just need one lines of dialogue stuck in here and there that beef up Pardon the expression since we don't eat beef anymore, but um, that beef up the the people in a way that now we can identify with them a little bit better. But So moving on to the cast, Kate Blanchett. They'll make it again in 20 years and we'll see how that goes. Probably quicker than that. Kate Blanchett plays the stepmother. <coughs> and, uh, you know, I really like her. Yeah. Like, she's got a presence about her. And, you know, she's in this physical-looking costume. And I said to you... She stands in a certain way that she looks just like the animated version. And it's, you know, she's very, she's theatrical in this movie. Yes. She moves her hands and she's, she her head is crooked the right way all the time. It's like an animation. It's, yes. And it's like um, in Maleficent. It's it's like that. It's But she's really, I, I liked her in it a lot. I hated her, which oh, is yeah. the idea. I just really hated her. I don't think, you know, they could go more, like, make us hate her a bit more. But they're tr- like I say, it's trying to be very vanilla. This film, so it does never does that. It doesn't, you know. They call her a name. They call her names, and they tell her to go to her, you know, get out of her room. It, Cinderella, you mean? The stepmother yeah. calls Cinderella names, and yeah, yeah. It's not really like she didn't whack her with the broom or any of that stuff. You never see any of that. No, which you do see in the cartoon. She hits <laughs> yeah. her with the broom a lot. So yeah, it, this is less. Um you know, nasty than the cartoon is. And the cartoon's very saccharine and sweet also. Uh, Lily James plays Cinderella, and she's an English actress. Not been in much from what I can see. What did you think? I think to serve the purpose of what they were going for, she was fine. And you know when they were saying... very sweet for me. When they were saying in the extras, it's like a lot to put on somebody to be Cinderella, because there's a lot of eyes looking, going... Little eyes and big eyes and, uh, you know, everybody knows Cinderella and knows what... I understood that, that the weight that this character might have, like, because... I don't think they're being overly dramatic. There are a lot of people, especially, and there's... Nobody's new to Cinderella, are they? Unless you're, like, a two-year-old. You've probably seen a version of it at some point before this one. Even as a kid, right? You've probably seen Disney Every generation of kids are new to it. But they probably saw that other one. I mean, every minute someone's born who's never seen it. Yeah, I know, but I'm saying not a lot. Like, it, <laughs> like you probably saw that original cartoon first, <clears throat> even if you're a little kid, because you probably saw that. Not necessarily. I don't. Not every family is a Disney family. Disney doesn't have that much of a presence in your house unless you turn on the Disney Channel, and even then, they don't play all that all the time. So. And Cinderella came out recently on Blu-ray. So it, I mean, the actual uh, animation. So that has been around recently. Um. But yeah, she I liked her as a, as she's I think they were over dramatizing that. She did well, I thought though. I mean, there was a lot of physical stuff like like physicality that she had to bring to it that showed that she was sweet, I guess, but then I don't stro- respond well to the sweetness, so strong I strong as well. <laughs> the, I'm like, oh, okay. I felt okay, more okay. strongness from this Cinderella, even though they didn't go far enough than I did from other ones. You know, mm. especially the cartoon. I don't. I didn't really. She was just felt zero strongness, except for the one moment when she said she wouldn't do the thing, but that lasted about two seconds, and then it was like, Wah! 
Don't uh, have to worry. Don't have to be in, have integrity now because someone came along and saved you. Scotland's Richard Madden, he's a uh, plays the prince. Um, he's all right. I'm pretty neutral on both of these. I'll be they, honest. With when you. they choose princes for movies, they're always in Disney live action. Any of that. It's always pretty much the similar type of actor, isn't it? Always. Have you seen the cartoons and read the books? Yeah. The way they're drawn is Yeah, they're the just same. drawn like it could be anybody. It could be anybody. See, like, I can't identify with how a boy or man feels when that is the image that you're supposed to be, apparently, in a fairy tale. They're almost invisible, though. Like, when I, when I think of the princes in the cartoons and stuff, it's just like, it's just a dude with brown hair or whatever. It's you know why? Like, they're unimportant. What's important is the power and their money. Yeah. That's all that matters, because now they can save this poor girl from her drudgery, whatever her life is, and now she can have a castle and servants anyway, and all that. This guy's far from invisible. He, I thought he did actually pretty good job. He did a good job, good job yeah. but it also could be anybody. He did a much better job than Captain Kirk in Enter the Woods, <laughs> singing in the waterfalls. Yes, I was you know? going to say that. Yes. <laughs> much better than that. Much better. Um... Helena Bonham Carter plays the fairy godmother. You know, the fairy godmother's iconic. Teeth. She couldn't even talk because it has a big freaking teeth. I mean, around. it's super iconic in Cinderella, the fairy godmother. And Helena wasted it. I felt like it was completely wasted. I enjoyed she was that for scene like five a lot. minutes. Really enjoyed it. I don't care. I'm saying it was like nothing. Like, no, I'm saying she's in it for five minutes, but I really liked the scene. Like, as soon as she appeared. I didn't. I wanted her to be more involved and more than just what it was. And she was just a little bit too goofy for me. And those teeth, I was like, I liked her as the trumpy old lady, like the drunk version of her. She wasn't drunk. No, I know she wasn't drunk, but I'm just saying she's like... It looked really bad, though. That outfit she was wearing, that that was a... If she's supposed to look like a homeless witch, witchy type woman on the side, that that was like awesome designer cloak that she was wearing. Like it Again, really awesome costume design, even when she's a tramp type of look. What do you call that? She wasn't supposed to be a tramp. She was supposed to be like a log, like a stump. Yeah, but it was cool looking. I know, <laughs> but she wasn't supposed to be a tramp. I thought she was supposed to be like a hobo. She was supposed to be like, look like a tree. Well, it was very good. Or a rock. That I don't disagree with, but her makeup was not good. And those teeth, oh my God, I'm telling you, it's going to be a distraction for you now if you watch it again. Stellan Skarsgård plays Grand Duke. Um, and he's, yeah, like a bad guy. He usually is. But not that bad. No. <laughs> Like, I don't, I don't go, oh my god, he's going to kill everybody. It's not like anything like that. It's just like, oh, he's just a guy, he's got a politics thing going on. Yeah. And that's it. <laughs> I like the guy. Don't think they give him much to go on or nah. to do. He just had to be that guy. And who's and... the other guy? Was he in Game of Thrones? And uh, Ben Cha- Chaplin plays uh, Ella's father. Who are we talking about here? The other helper guy. The guy who was, like, on his side. Who eventually came up to find her. I think he was in Game of Thrones. Maybe, and I don't know who it is. But anyway, Ben Chaplin. He's being very dismissive because he had as big a part as the evil guy, as the bad guy did. I don't even know who you mean. So I, I can't know. think of it. I can't think of a guy who, who even was helping him. What did he look like? How young was he? How old was he? I'll show you. This is uh, fascinating. Well, keep talking. Uh, you don't have to wait for me. All right, we'll move on then. Ben Chaplin uh, plays Ella's father. Do you like Ben Chaplin? I liked him in Birthday Girl, really good. Um, yeah, he was all right. He was too theatrical. That whole part, that whole part of the movie was too much for me. If you've never, it was like you, I was watching an exaggerated. And if you don't know play. the Cinderella story, the parents die, <laughs> so he's gonna die. If you don't know the story, yeah. So Ben Chaplin and Haley Atwell, actually, who plays uh, Agent Carter, she plays the mother, and Ben Chaplin plays the father, and they both die. Oh yeah, I don't know who he is. Mm. Um, His name is Nanso Anozi. Now I know who you mean. Yeah. But I don't know what he's from. Um, Game of Thrones. He was the guy in the city, and she thought she could trust him, but then in the end, her handmaiden lady... Was this spoilers for Game of Thrones here? No, this is old. This is from a couple seasons ago. Still spoilers. She locked him in that thing together, because they betrayed her. She thought he was her friend. When they first took over the city with the woman on the top. He was like, yeah, 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 come in and da 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 Yeah, I do remember him, yeah. but I don't remember him, if you know what I mean. I do remember his His face. name was Zero Zondaxos. <laughs> <laughs> he was in the grey as well. But Hayley Atwell um, plays <coughs> Agent Carter in uh, Marvels, and she's in here too. She doesn't get much to do aside from dying. <laughs> and uh, finally, I'd put down Rob, By- Rob Bryden. I mean, it's l- literally, how long is he in it for? 
Who is he, the king? No, he's the Master Phineas, the uh, painter. Oh, uh, one minute. He's Steve Coogan's writing partner guy. He's also on, um, he did those movies with Steve Coogan, A Trip to Italy and The Trip. Uh, he's a he's a impersonator and comedian from Britain, but he's, he plays he's this painter. too over the top for me. And it's just, he's put in there like the um, Corden, Idiot. like James Corden in uh, The Three Musketeers, that character. But it was brief, thankfully. But it's brief, yeah. Um, so it's directed by Kenneth Branagh, and you all know Kenneth Branagh. He also directed Hamlet, which is excellent. You should see it. He also directed recently uh, Jack Ryan Shadow Recruit, which I actually thought was a very good Jack Ryan movie. He also directed Valkyrie, which is an odd movie, really odd, especially the accents in that movie are very weird. And he starred and directed in that one. Not starred, but he was in it. And Thor... He star with Tom Cruise. And he also did Thor, <laughs> the original Thor, not the second one. Uh, which I thought he did a really good job of too. I mean, I like Kenneth Branagh, and he is a uh, Shakespearean actor. Uh, that's where he came from, the theatre and doing Shakespearean movies. I think he overthinks things. Um, I don't know. I don't think he overthinks things. I think, I think he, he underthinks things sometimes, in this this case. No, I think he overthought it. He mm. thought they were making a Cinderella that everyone could identify with. Hmm. He was wrong. So, um, I'm part to... of everybody, and I don't identify with her. So, moving on to extras, um, the first extra, which is very of no- is so notable, there's actually a sticker on the front of the case to tell you that it's on here, and it, this might sell this movie to a lot of people. Um, just the, just the fact that it's stuck there, because this because the movie Frozen is one of the biggest movies of all time now. Do you reckon that's why they put it on there? Yeah, it, yes, that's quite clear. Because it wasn't a huge thing, was it? This movie, Cinderella. This movie didn't. Did all right, I believe, but but this will make it do better on Blu-ray anyway. It's uh, the Frozen Fever theatrical shot. And what it did, they showed Frozen Fever with this movie in the theatres. And what it is, it's a short story from Frozen. Uh, Takes place after the events of Frozen, I'm I'm assuming. It has to. Yeah. And what did you think of Frozen Fever? It was all right. I was very... I mean, it's a musical number. I was very underwhelmed. I liked it It quite a bit. Yeah. But I wasn't that taken with Frozen, so don't get me wrong. Frozen's fine, but I am pretty neutral except for the one song. Doesn't have to be a snowman. That's the only thing I really love. I, 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 I really like Frozen. I know you do, because yeah. you tried to claim earlier that you don't identify with these movies that are for little girls, but you love movies like Frozen, so... Mm-hmm. I like Tangled and I like Frozen, both by Tangled. the same people. Yeah, yeah Tangled. And they are doing a sequel to Frozen, but this is like... This is not a full-length movie of Frozen. It's like eight minutes... If you if you've got a little girl or a little boy who loves Frozen, then this will get played many times. I'm sure it'll get put in and played. Uh, it's another song. It's got a cute little story. It's about a uh, a fever, frozen fever. I feel like it was just uh, tagged on. Ella's got the, a cold and uh, cold never bothered. Ella. The cold never bothered her anyway, Ella. right? She even did Ella that. Ella must right? be the favorite name of the Disney World. Yeah, she did the joke. The cold never bothers. A cold never bothers me anyway, which I thought mm-hmm. was quite funny. And they got the original cast to do it on everything, and it's really well animated, just like the movie is. It's not like a cheap mm-hmm. made-for-TV version, and it's included on here. Um, there's also a fairy tale comes to life, which is the making of Cinderella. What did you think of that? Um, it was alright. I, I wasn't that interested, to be honest. What I can tell you about it is there's some interviews with um, Kenneth Branagh and there's interviews with yeah. the main cast and cast. Doesn't really. Sh- I wanted to see more of like, like how they made the. Mm-hmm. I wanted to see like you know less of them trying to convince us that they've really modernized this tale. Yeah, there's also a stage in the ball. There's an alternative opening which is Ella's childhood, which is more worse than what's in the <laughs> yeah. movie. So if you're a you know. It, it's obvious why they cut that, because it just doesn't work as well. Um, and then there's uh, Ella's Furry Friends, which is about the animals, the CG animals, which are not the best thing in the world. Um, and that's it. Uh, so, in conclusion for Cinderella, what do you reckon? Are you calling me Cinderella? Yes. <laughs> um, I like fairy tale stories, and this is well-made would you recommend it to but I, a... As I'm watching it... No, I would not recommend it to watch it with a child unless you have something to balance it out so that they're not left with that. Would you recommend to mind. watch Frozen Fever? 
with a child? Uh, it's completely neutral. It's just cute. It's got nothing. I've got nothing negative to say about it, but it's just cute. But Cinderella, I just feel like it. I'm not that. I'm learning. I'm almost 50, right? I know my personality. You cannot convince me that I am romantic in any way or that there is a fantasy of life that we should all live in above reality and just be happy all the time because I'm not. That's not life to me. And that's what this movie represents. It's told in a way of all the individuals that I know in life who do want to pretend like things are fine, 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 fine. And it's sappy and it's kind of boring to me, but it looks gorgeous. And if you've never heard of Cinderella, it's a good way to introduce you to the concept and then maybe go find some other versions of it that some other story about women in stories that aren't this. So movie recommendations <laughs> for this week. Thank you to Disney for the Blu-ray. And uh, if you want to enter a contest, go to aschoolie.com. Next week's Blu-ray review before the movie recommendations is Insurgent, the second in the um, Divergent series. So we're going to have a look at that. Movie recommendations this week. I am going with, on the theme of Cinderella, I'm going with Ever After, which is uh, Drew Barrymore's uh, version of Cinderella, a different version of Cinderella, um, which is... It's not the... I was thinking of versions of Cinderella. Yeah. There are a few over time. And Ever After was quite a good one. I, I remember it's kind of uplifting. We did a thing about it. Yes, yes, we did. Uh, and my other one is not a version of Cinderella, but another fairy tale movie, Maleficent, which we watched recently. And I actually really liked. I, th- I thought it was well done. Really well done. I think um, I have my downsides, but overall I enjoyed it. Uh, and yours are? Mine are Ella Enchanted, because it's just kind of fun and goofy, and yet it portrays a different type of young woman in search of whatever she needs to do in life, and Tangled, and I only love Tangled because, I don't know, I just really like, I have a think Which about all the different... Which is another fairy tale, Rapunzel. It's a, yeah, it's Rapunzel, and again, she's being rescued by someone, and yet there is a balance, because who she is becomes equally as important as what, as what he brings to her. She's not nothing. You know? And yes, it's an animated thing, and I might, maybe I'm the overthinker. I don't think so. No, I don't think so. Let me think about it. <laughs> so those are my. All right. So games and A-Scully stuff. I've been playing a few games this week. Um, Metal Gear Solid Five: The Phantom Pain talked about it last week. Why I wanted to mention it again is on in two weeks... The online portion of the game goes live. This is like a new thing for games. Like, it didn't ship with the game, but it's coming later. So there's going to be an online version of The Phantom Pain, which is a multiplayer game like a Call of Duty, but you play as different factions in the whole map of uh, Metal Gear Solid Five, And it's free to everybody who bought The Phantom Pain, so um, that comes out sooner. I swear to... I think a lot of people don't know that's coming, but it is. There's a trailer online. You can have a look at it. It looks quite cool. The second, well, the biggest release this week is Destiny the Taken King, which is Destiny Year 2. And uh, the Taken King is the father of Crota, who you killed in the last raid. And he's pissed that you killed his son. So he's coming to get you. And uh, it's I've not done the raid personally, because the, the raid actually went live yesterday. And uh, it looks very difficult. It took a team 12 hours to beat it. I will wait for a while until I've got better gear and stuff. But anyway, what's really good about the Destiny of the Taken King, I thought, is there's a whole new story. It's the second chapter of Destiny, basically. I got through it in about, I'd say, four hours. It isn't particularly long, but um, it's a fun story. What they've done this time is they've added a lot more personality to the story. There's more voice acting. There's more cutscenes. So it and they tell the story better. So it's not like you sat there scratching your head, going, "I don't know what's going on. I'm, I'm just shooting stuff now." And what's this? And who's that? They make uh, make it very clear who everybody is and why you're doing what you're doing. I think they did that a lot better. I think that was probably supposed to exist from the start, but Activision kind of mucked up the first year. Something happened with Bungie and Activision, and the game bits got chopped out, and it became this smaller thing at the last minute. But now Destiny's become the game it's supposed to be. It's huge, it's big, there's loads to do. The problem is, and there is a problem, if you don't buy the Taken King and you've just got the original Destiny, 
And I think this is bullshit, really. It doesn't apply to me because I bought the Taken King, but if you didn't and you own Destiny, a lot of the content now is inaccessible to you. Even the stuff that you could play last week. Because they've put... When you go to the menu to pick all the different levels, they've put these restrictions up. So you'll click on a level and it'll say, must own the Taken King to play. And it's all to make you buy the Taken King. And how they've put it is, Destiny's just this evolving product. When you buy the expansion pack, you're buying into, like, this is where Destiny is at now. You're paying your subscription for this year. People who stay behind and don't, they are going to get less to do because you're buying this universe. I think that's shitty because they've actually removed stuff that those people who own the original Destiny disc can't do anymore because they need to buy the Taken King. So you click on something, it says you need the Taken King. But if you buy it, then you don't get all that. Once you buy it, it all comes back. Stuff that, But it's stuff you could originally do. Last <coughs> week, you could do it with just the original disc. This week, when you go to do the same things, you're required to get the expansion back. That is shitty. Or just quit and get it up because you know what? It's a video game. It's not your life. No... Now that's shitty, <laughs> but what's good is they're only charging $40 for this year's um, Destiny. And I said to you the other day, games have kind of changed. I used to buy loads of different games and play loads of different games. and uh, But now, I kind of, like, I used to just buy Call of Duty and play Call of Duty for a whole year, didn't I? And, and like I said, yeah, la- last every year. Every day. Yeah, and last year I bought Destiny on the day it came out. And it has not been out of my PS4, the disc. It's always in my PS4. I might pull it out to play something else, but it goes straight back in because it it always gets loaded up. So games are at a different point where somebody can buy a PS4, buy Destiny, and then that's all they buy. Like once a year, they might buy, you know, the expansion pack, but they don't buy games. Like they just, that's their game. So that's the Destiny machine sat on the desk. Sounds like me and The Sims. Right. I'm a sim- That's it. I don't so things have changed. Things. Consumers have, have changed like the way they... Because games are so good now, you, you can spend a whole year playing a game and not get fed up of it. It's so good. In the past, it was like, oh, this one, we've done with this one, we're moving on to the next one. Now games get so good and there's so much content. It's, a, it's great for us because you pay less. You know, you buy one game a year and, and you're probably satisfied with it. But for those publishers, that's why... That Destiny Year One has loads of stuff missing now because they need you to buy that second yeah. thing because they're getting less money overall. Like because it's like, oh, these these guys, me, used to buy ten games a year. Now I buy two. True. It's, it must be affecting them, like because the games are better, and we're staying with them longer. So all I can re- all I can say is, if you're gonna get into Destiny now, you can buy the original Destiny disc for ten dollars, but you'll buy it. And you will be like, oh, is I can't do half the things. And you'll end up buying the Taken King. So the best way to get at it is to buy the whole thing, which costs $60 right now, the, the new one. That includes year one and all of year two. So um, that's the best way to go about it. But it's very, very cool. I want to go and play a strike now. Like I'm thinking of, you know, I just <laughs> yep, want to get, another, get another piece of armor. Like I just want to... So, yeah, it is very addictive, and it always has been. And like I say, I wouldn't have played the whole thing for a year. And I said to you, I'm I'm the Call of Duty fanatic. And I bought Call of Duty last November and barely played it because of Destiny. It just I played it for a week and then... It's time for a change. So now I, I pretty much play Destiny most of the time. So my third game that I've been playing, and this was <coughs> provided by a friend of mine who I uh, share games on Steam with, and it's Mad Max. And it's the uh, it came out just when Fury Road came out on Blu-ray. Actually, it isn't Fury Road the game. It's a it's a brand new Mad Max game. It's another chapter in the Mad Max story. And as you know, the Mad Max story is not very deep anyway. No. So it's just you're playing as Mad Max. The world has gone to hell, and everybody's a jerk. You're roaming the wasteland. <laughs> that's kind of it. Yeah, there's war boys all over the place. We're warring for resources, and that's it. You've got to take down these camps. You've got to. Eventually, it's this big open world, own the whole world as Max. So Max will become the big, big dog or whatever. So it's cool. You're playing and you're in your car. You're driving around the wasteland. You're taking out camps. 
you're getting out of your car, you're fighting, bare knuckle fighting, you're sometimes firing a shotgun, sometimes you're, um, you know, there's lots of different, you know, because it's an open world game, there's loads of different things to do, like, you got to find all these things, you got to find scrap, and when you find scrap around the world, you can make your car better by putting fenders on it, or spikes on the wheels, or eventually your car becomes this indestructible, crazy, your car's called the Magnum Opus, and you're building your magnum opus throughout the game with all these different uh, things. You Water is a mechanic in the game. You need to drink. You have a little canteen strapped to your waist. And that gives you your health back. But it's only got a certain amount of water in it. So you have to find water in the wasteland, which is pretty much devout of water. There's not much water. And fill your canteen so you've always got some water to drink to give you your health back. So right. uh, Water is a resource and so is fuel. And fuel's the same thing. You fill your car up with fuel, it can drive. You have a can of fuel that you put on the back of your car that you always need to be finding more fuel to put in the can to make sure Because that's how the world is. Yeah, so you've got water, water and, and fuel. fuel. And what was the other thing? Weapons and food. Yeah. And food is the dinky-doo dog food. Oh, <coughs> um, uh, yeah. You find the dog food cans around. God. Uh, Max also eats maggots from dead bodies. If he finds a dead body, he scoops the maggots and eats the maggots. So it's it's a gross world. A guy that I just met, a big war chief, has got uh, spark plugs from a car. He has um, cut his skin on his head and threaded spark plugs through, through you know, just the weird shit that Mad Max people do. And he's just got these spark plugs and open wounds in with them forehead? stuck in, in his forehead. Yeah. So Are they serving a purpose? They're just decorative to make him look like... It's not like powering you up. Yeah, he's just a he's just a, a madman like who's wearing spark plugs as a like a tribal warrior, but is his okay? They, they've really like a bone in his head. Yeah, just like that. Yeah, um, but they've they've also really gone to town. Like Fury Road is a fantastic movie, and those car designs are amazing. But in this video game, the car designs are insane. There's a double decker bus with a hearse strapped to the top of it. As one of the right. bus vehicles, you know, it's of like course. it's like they've gone crazy with the car designs. The, but it's really cool. It's a cool game. It's Mad Max. It's out on PC, Xbox One, and PS4, and you can get it now. So uh, that's it for this week's games. What's for dinner, Sid? Tonight there'll be a. It's a veggie burger, but it's the prime one that you like. So it's like a like a processed hamburger patty, but there's no hamburger in. True. Well, it's like that. And some vegetables, maybe some chips and dip. I probably have to go to the store because I realize I don't know what else I can make. Nice. I made macaroni and cheese, though. You could have that. And I've already had some. I'm not enthusiastic. I can't taste much, so food kind of is a downer right now. But, uh, and my advice, as you can see, is blank. I don't, I... Don't get a cold is my advice. Um, well, that's a hard one. If you're going to teach young children... Particularly young girls, that's who I've been in my life. About life. Be sure you balance out everything. Life is hard and it can suck really bad. And people are going to treat you like shit sometimes. That is a reality. If you don't want to ever tell your children that, then you're hiding them from reality. Balance it out with a fairy tale now and then. If you work really hard and you try really hard and you are good at something and you pursue something along those lines... You can most likely become self-sufficient, depending on a lot of factors. Happily ever after can be every minute of your life if your attitude is a certain way. You don't have to wait around for some dude or woman to scoop you up and give you a bunch of money or give you, like, an idealistic life. That's not perfection. It's not reality. So balance it out. Have a fantasy over here and reality over here. And then you just work your way through the middle of it. All right. So I want to remind you about our websites. Good advice, Sid Talk. Thanks, thanks. Um, aschoolie.com and SidTalk.com. You can catch us on Twitter and Facebook. You can also catch this podcast on Stitcher.com. Search for After the Show. The iTunes Music Store or the iTunes app. You can catch it also on the Microsoft uh, Podcasts app. And... The RSS feed, just go to aschoolie.com and click on podcast. You can listen to it there. You can email aschoolie at aschoolie.com uh, for feedback. And thanks for all the emails for last week as telling us why we... If you want to see the painting that I did, uh, I could post it on the aschoolie thing, I guess. After the show. Yeah, after the show. 
Yeah, so if you're a member of the After the Show... I often don't tell people about this. We've got an After the Show Facebook group. Yeah. Um, you have to search for After the Show Movie Podcast on Facebook and you have to send me an invite request and then I'll accept you. I approved one this week. Yeah, I did too. Um, and then you will uh, post it on there. Sure, if you don't mind. I don't mind. All right, then I will. All right, so uh, don't email Sid Talk and stay classy. <laughs> Mr. Kenneth Branagh, who's actually coming back to the Thor for the Thor 3. So, um, yeah. That's a tough one for British people to say. Thor 3. Yeah, it really is. Y'all like to put the the F sound in there instead. And I'm going to say think for yourselves, because if you don't do it, someone will do it for you. Bye.